0: You're listening to WCAT Radio, your home for authentic Catholic programming. Intermittent fasting, the spiritual and physical significance. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Piling Pat. I know Eric usually does the intro, so sorry you had to start with my annoying voice, but <laughs> brother, You have good, a great good, voice. Good. <laughs> yeah, good, good. To, yeah, sorry if my uh, my audio quality isn't as good. My microphone just broke, so I'm using the AirPods, but uh, I'll try to speak as clearly as I can. I should have a new microphone next week.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Well, I'm excited to talk about this with you because you wrote a book about fasting for, for dummies, right?
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. So many years ago, um, for people who don't know, I was a for dummies author for a number of years. They were the first publishing company I was with. My first book was uh, on kettlebells. They all have terrible titles. They've done they've done well uh, in spite of their terrible titles. The first one was called Paleo Workouts for Dummies, and this was if everyone remembers the Paleo diet, remember the height of the Paleo craze? Oh yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I was I was in uh, talks with the publisher at the time of doing this book, kind of on really on kettlebells. And, uh, and they said, well, why don't we call it paleo workouts? I'm like, I don't know what a paleo workout is, but I'll write a book on kettlebells and you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> so I, I did argue with them, like, don't call it paleo because in five years from now, paleo is going to be done. And, uh, and I was right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, it, yeah, so the book is about, you know, kettlebell bodyweight training. It's really just kind of an intro to kettlebell and, and strength training, uh, that book. Then the second one I wrote, uh, was on intermittent fasting, so I've, I have the For Dummies book on intermittent fasting, which is called Fast Diets for Dummies, which I think is also another not great title. And I said, kind of funny actually, to related to our topic, I said, uh, I said, well, why don't we just call it, you know, fasting for dummies, right? Like, doesn't that make sense? And they said that sounded too religious.
1: Oh. And I'm wow. like, well, what about it?
0: And I'm like, well, what about intermittent fasting for dummies? And they're like, well, that sounds too complicated. I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, what about fast diets for dummies? I'm like, well, that, that doesn't sounds sound like, like a anything. quick diet. What does, that, what does that mean, right? So I don't know. This was this is this is the you know I guess some other things of working with a publisher, right? You don't always have as much creative control as you want. So it was called fast diets for dummies. It is called, still get it. And um, it's really an introduction to intermittent fasting. And this was this was before I was Catholic. This was before I was religious. So I was really just interested in it interested in it from like the pure uh, physiology side of things. What are the health Mm -hmm. benefits? What are the benefits for body composition and what are some of the different ways to go about it? So, so yes, that was uh, my second published book.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And you know, as a Christian and now as a Catholic as well, I mean, just fasting has a huge religious importance. And so it's interesting how the science now is kind of backing up the health benefits of like physical health benefits of fasting but for a long long time the spiritual benefits have certainly been a motivation for christians to fast i will say personally and i think there's a lot of christians out there like me that fasting is the hardest spiritual discipline uh i actually think help it helps to know the health benefits so that when you're in like the trenches of fasting you are extra motivated maybe by that and that's okay and uh i think that that has helped me actually um try to get better at fasting as well, just knowing, okay, this actually does have health benefits as well. Uh, so that's kind of a bonus. Um, but obviously the spiritual benefits are even more important. Mm-hmm. And 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 so we're going to talk about all that today. And um and so first of all, maybe just going over a few preliminary scriptures they think are important. Uh, Jesus' own teaching on fasting, you know, he says on the Sermon on the Mount And when you fast, do not look gloomy as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting may not be seen by their people, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And you should note that Jesus says when they fast, when you fast. Uh, It's not if. and so. Fasting is an expectation that will be part of the normal Christian life. And liturgically, we see that in the season of Lent, and then every Friday throughout the year, we see fasting and in the season of Advent as well. Uh, fasting is part of the rhythm of the church's life. Um, but it's important not to do it to be seen by other people, but seriously to connect with the Father and to do it in that secret place. And um, I think since becoming Catholic, a huge thing to uh I guess, connect it to is the idea of redemptive suffering as well. Um, so obviously, it's a it's a way of being penitent. It's a way of, um, you know, the catechism says in paragraph 2043, it helps us acquire mastery over our instincts and freedom of heart. And so it has those benefits spiritually of like, you don't want to be mastered by your passions, by your appetites. You want to be the master over them and fasting helps you do that to where you're not just a slave to your appetites, but you are the master of them.
0: Yeah. So uh, all, all really good stuff there. And it is interesting. Yeah. So we don't have like a, a direct commandment from our blessed Lord of thou, you know, thou shalt, thou shalt fast, you know, on this day, this day, or that day. It really is just, it's just assumed. It's just an expectation. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very, very important. Um, and to, uh, so yes, there is, there is biblical support, obviously, and great support in, in both tradition and, and, the, and the, uh, teachings of the church for the many benefits of fasting, but you hi- highlighted one, which is really helping us to develop, um, in virtue, right? So fasting, it falls yes. under, the sort of falls under the umbrella of various forms of ascetic practices and asceticism. The case for asceticism is this, you set up a sort of set of artificial conditions that helps to train you in the dispositions um, that uh, facilitate virtue. Because we know that, that that virtue is often the ability to uh, make prudent judgments uh, under times of stress, when there are conflicting, competing interests, passions, desires, appetites, etc. So the idea of asceticism is kind of like setting up, um, a, a, again, a sort of set of artificial conditions, right? Because we're under control of it. We can impose them ourselves or we can, lift them ourselves to really train ourselves uh in a way that hopefully if we that we'll be ready for and capable of overcoming non-artificial conditions natural conditions where we might find ourselves in periods of temptation uh, of various sorts Mm
1: -hmm. it's interesting there was a guy years and years ago before i was catholic he was a charismatic and um not that you can't be catholic and charismatic but this guy was not catholic but he was charismatic and he said he fasted. Like we were just talking about, it. he wasn't boasting in his fasting. But I was like, so yeah. Why do you? Fa-? He's fasted twice a week. Which interestingly enough, the earliest Christians that we, uh, is, the earliest Christian document that we have, the Didache, one of the earliest Christian documents that we have outside of the New Testament, written in the first century, uh, talks about that the early Christians fasted every Wednesday and Friday every week, Wednesday and Friday. And I think that's a great discipline that I highly recommend for our listeners. But anyway, this guy fasted twice a week. I, I don't know if it was Wednesdays and Fridays, but fasted twice a week and did some other fasting. I was like, yeah, what, what like motivates you, man? He was like, And he, he's not a conspiracy theorist by any means, but he's seeing the times, the signs of the times, right? And he's like, you know, things are going down in America. Like, we're going to be facing religious persecution, and I want to be ready. So, like, if I'm put into a concentration camp, let's say, or if I'm put into a place where like I'm starving, I'll have fasted beforehand so I'm strong enough when that happens to not give in to my temptations then. I was like blown away. I was like, that's a pretty amazing mindset to be in that state of being training and, and training right now for those trials that are coming. And I think that's something we have to keep thinking about as well as Christians is just like we are soldiers for Christ, we are in the church militant and we've got to train ourselves to have virtue so that when those trials and tribulations come, we can overcome them and, yeah. and resist and resist our own impulses. And, um, and so it isn't easy. Fasting is not easy. I mean, like I said, it's the hardest one I think there is. You know, you have prayer, almsgiving and you have fasting. Those are kind of the classic three things that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and it's interesting too, on a spiritual level Um, In Mark 9, verse 29, uh, he says, so he just cast out a demon from this kid, this uh, mutant, deaf demon. The disciples couldn't cast this demon out. And so Jesus is like, you faithless generation, all these things. And he cast the demon out eventually. And the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, why weren't we able to do that? And Jesus said, well, this one only can come out through prayer and fasting. And, um, and that phrase and fasting is actually not in some of the early manuscripts, but it is in other manuscripts. But anyway, I digress. Um, some demons can only be cast out through prayer and fasting. So there's this extra like power that comes with fasting. Uh, I think it's just this denial of self. And, um, I guess it just helps you carry that extra anointing, that extra power. And so that's interesting when we're talking about deliverance and like making an impact and really progressing the spiritual life, some things like we we need to fast uh, in order to progress in that way, in that direction. And so I'm thankful that the church does prescribe, you know, obviously Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, we have to fast, and then we're penitential, well, really on every Friday during Lent. And then every Friday, even throughout the year, we're supposed to have some sort of penance, be penitential, because that was the day our Lord died. Um, and so there's lots of reasons for that but I love that there is fasting incorporated into the church's life there.
0: Yeah, absolutely and and again the idea of asceticism the rational case for it is that we are rational animals but we're we're animals so there's competing appetites competing temptations yes uh poles towards of course you know sexual desires but food as well which can which can in, enroll us in vice gluttony for example stuff like that right so virtue is it's true that virtue is its own reward it's how we flourish but virtue is both a means and an end it's also how we conform ourselves to to christ and god's love right uh when we don't resist the spirit's call when we let god work within us he's calling us to a life of virtue virtues are just they're just perfections of our powers they're perfections of the powers that are proper to us that cause us to be most excellent be most alive Mm -hmm. so the wisdom and asceticism is making sure that we 're training ourselves to be properly ordered that reason is guiding the other appetites that's what mm-hmm. asceticism ascetic practices like fasting help us to do to break away from uh the, the vicious habits or to create space between um, you know the certain appetites and our response to them um, and we can do that you can do that gradually of course you know if you have never fasted before, we want to you know kind of take small steps, same thing like with the gym right uh you have these different virtues of like temperance and fortitude, and I actually think like fasting and exercise kind of correspond nicely to each of these because temperance is, of course, being able to, in a in a loose sense, saying no to certain temptations of understanding how to how to moderate, um, you know, our appetites um, to to you know, uh, just just not to just not overdo it in a sense. Whereas fortitude is pushing through tough things to a worthy end. Um, so fasting requires both temperance and fortitude. Uh, but same thing, but I sometimes think of temperance more with fasting and like fortitude more in the gym. So there's diet and exercise, right? Kind of a fun way to think about how these can be more than just about, um, about vanity. Right. (laughs) Right. And that's what we don't want. We don't want to be just dieting or exercise just to be vain. That actually would be vicious. But if we're, if we're using, uh, approaches to nutrition. And, uh, or whatever we do in the gym to try and increase in virtue. Well, now, now we're really pushing ahead to our, uh, our flourishing. We might be doing it under artificial condition, things, things that we're imposing upon ourselves. That's sort of the rational case for asceticism, that it's a sort of training in a sense that, you know, yeah. should the hard times come and let's be honest, the hard times are every day, every day we face temptations, yeah. you know, regardless of mass scale, religious persecution, we're always tempted. By something mm-hmm. in in a, in an order that is against our our proper flourishing. So you're right. The church is it's God's church. Of course, she's going to be wise. And so it doesn't surprise me that now all the science uh, that we, we've had in the past twenty years, really, there's been a lot of good research in intermittent fasting. Is just confirming the yes. wisdom of fasting that the, church is, that the church is taught. Obviously not so much on a spiritual level, but at least on a, on a health level, the physiology yes. of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I definitely want to dig into that. And, you know, it reminded me of you know, St. Paul uses the analogy that we're athletes for Christ as well, and that you know, athletes, think about how much they do to compete for an earthly crown that withers and fades, um, but we compete for an eternal crown of glory. And the road is narrow and the way it is hard that leads to life, Jesus says, and those who find it are few. And so it's like, when you think about how much time people spend on things that they care about, like maybe their career, or working out, let's say, or like looking good. Okay, well, but number one is your relationship with God. Number one is your spiritual life. And all of a sudden, when you get into like, do you have a rhythm of prayer? Oh, don't be so religious or do you have any fasting well don't put that on me it's like but don't you believe in like training like for athletic events or like marathons or don't you believe that it takes work sometimes to to be excellent at things in life why would it be different in the spiritual life like it takes work you you reap what you sow and so start sowing in the spirit and you'll reap in the spirit and i think it's good to be reminded that it's hard work being a christian and um you know paul even says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for god is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure and so it does take work fasting is work but i think something Dude, that helps yeah i, I think something that helps is knowing the yeah, science behind your, it with, yeah, yeah no
0: yeah so i would, there's a kind of a, a slogan going around by a guy named Jocko willing it's called discipline Jocko. equals discipline equals freedom right And I would say that's so. That's utterly Catholic, right? So the idea is that freedom isn't just autonomous self-direction, right? It's not just being able to choose whatever you want. That's the wrong conception of freedom. Freedom is not being bound down by something that is restricting you from flourishing and being the most excellent kind of thing that you are, right? So like a plant is free, we would say that plant is free when it's not like bound down by something artificial. Well, same thing for us. If we get bound down by vicious habits, temptations, appetites, uh, that we become both physically and spiritually sick, sure, we might be able to choose different things. We might still have autonomous self-direction. We would say, yeah, you're really not free. You're, you're a slave to bad habits, right? Yes. Um, and that's what jo- Jocko's getting at. And there's a reason people resonate with Jocko, because he's just getting at a perennial Catholic insight. Yep. And the idea behind discipline equals freedom is that it, it takes work. To develop virtue, yeah. right? Virtues, virtues are just habits. They're just good habits. Where vices yeah. are habits too. They're just bad habits.
1: Yeah, habits um, to so, habits of doing good.
0: Right. So yeah, it's it's just interesting to me because like here's here's a guy who's mostly in the secular world that's saying something that is just this is the Catholic Church has said this
1: forever, guys. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, good good. I just heard a, a thing in my ear. Did my headset die? Can you? No, no, me? no. Okay. I
1: can I can hear you. Okay, cool.
0: Um, so yeah, physical benefits. Let me just list yes. some, of the, some of the obvious ones real quick. I'm actually writing another like short little ebook where I'll have a bunch of footnotes and references. It will be called Introduction to Fasting.
1: Nice. Um,
0: so so um, you know the the kind of the obvious ones, weight loss. Yes, fasting has been demonstrated to be. At the very least, at the very least, fasting has been shown to be just as effective as any other form of traditional calorie control. So like you're no worse off practicing fasting than doing any any other diet. And there's other evidence that suggests that it might be superior in some ways, but definitely weight loss is a benefit. Uh, Improved body composition. There's some studies to show that fasting might have a muscle sparing effect. So it might be actually preferable for people who, who care specifically about losing weight and retaining muscle. Um, fasting has shown promise and, uh, positive evidence, uh, for, for any number of health issues concerning inflammation, oxidative stress, um, triglycerides. Um, and it also shows in a number of studies that it has really good dietary compliance too, which is a key thing. So if you're just looking at it from a pure nutritional standpoint, it's got all these benefits. It tends to, to um, be quite effective for weight loss. Uh, but it also tends to have good adherence, good compliance as well, which is what we want to see for nutrition protocols. What, what
1: do you mean by good compliance? So, so good compliance is when they have um, these
0: studies, they see like how many people actually stick stick with it. right? Oh, okay. So a a, high, a higher compliance means more people were actually able to follow through and stick with it. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because there's one thing to have a diet that like, sure, it works, right? But it might just yeah. be utterly impractical for people. Fasting is, has yeah. shown that it's it's actually seems to be quite practical, something that, that people are are totally capable of achieving.
1: Mm. Now, and there's different levels of fasting. I'm sure you reap different benefits depending what way you fast. So like um, one thing I'd like to know about, well, so the minimum requirement for, like if you were to fast for a day, like the minimum that the Catholic Church says as far as religious fasting would be like two small meals that don't equal a full meal and then one full meal. And that's like, if you do that in one day, like you're you're fasting. That's like minimum, but obviously, like the normal fasting would be like just drink water and don't eat anything, and that's fasting, like right? It's on,
0: yeah, it's just called don't eat, right? Yeah, don't so eat. that's really it. Yeah, and
1: uh, but um, then we have the intermittent fasting, which is interesting. So maybe that's like you just don't eat for eighteen hours or whatever it might be. You skip breakfast, so you eat in like a, you eat everything in like an eight-hour window. And so what are the benefits of that versus I mean, are there any health benefits to the Catholic yeah. minimal fasting? And y- then yes, also they're,
0: they like there they totally are. Yeah, the short answer is um, a lot of a lot of the benefits that we see in fasting and the studies they've done. Uh, can occur within the first 16 hours. So you don't actually need to do like long extended fasts to reap the benefits of fasting. Uh, Some of these benefits start kicking in sooner than people might expect. So yes, there's, there is uh, specific health benefits to the Catholic minimal fast. Now remember in terms of like weight loss and stuff like that, um, all else equal, right? If you just, if you just do the Catholic minimal fast, all else equal, you'll be dropping your calories and, you'll lose weight. Right. As long as you're not compensating in some other way, um, you know, you might drop, you know, who who knows how much it is, maybe, maybe three, 500 calories a week, but that's, that's going to add up. You'll see a difference from that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage people. I don't feel like you have to start. I actually would prefer people kind of start with a more reasonable approach because it's like exercise, right? If you, if you've never done serious exercise and you go and try and do like a marathon or a CrossFit competition, you're, you're, you're going to feel terrible, right? You're going to feel awful. You might be discouraged. Whereas if, you know, you go, you challenge yourself, but you're largely successful, that that can uh, be empowering and motivating. So the Catholic fast is interesting because that actually corresponds with something that was pretty popular um, a number of years ago, and I still think it's a good approach. It's called the 5-2 fast. And the 5-2 fast, like you think they would almost just get this from the Catholic Church, right? Two days a week, you just have two small meals, and that's it. So like you ah. would – you would you would skip breakfast, right? So you would you would kind of skip breakfast, maybe have like an intermittent fasting. Maybe your first meal is lunch, and it's it's a lighter meal, so maybe it's just like a bowl of soup or salad, and you have one kind of smaller meal uh, you know, uh, for dinner or something like that. So you eat lighter overall that day, you kinda of fast through the morning and you have two small meals, and you just do that twice a week. And then every then everything else is just, you know, you still try to eat normally and healthy the other days, but you're not fasting that's like that's pretty close to the catholic recommendation right um you you, maybe you're eating a little bit more with the catholic with the catholic one um but the catholic one is you can have two smaller meals that add up to the larger but you don't have to have them right you can can do a a longer fast
1: that's just the Um, minimum of like what yeah like when you think about fasting what is the bare minimum that i can do to still qualify as fasting i guess (laughs) and then anything beyond that is great like But that that way, everyone kind of has a very clear, like, this is at least what you got to do. Yeah. And then there's
0: different forms of, yeah, what's called intermittent fasting. So sometimes, one is just the, you hinted at just the basic, hey, maybe once or twice a week, you just don't eat. And uh, the best way, the the most practical way to do this would be like a dinner to dinner fast. So if you stop eating, if I stopped eating tonight at 6 p.m., then I just wouldn't eat until tomorrow at 6 p.m. And that's uh, that's good. That's a that's a that's a good solid fast. You know, if you do that once a week, twice a week, if you're a real champion, uh, you're going to notice some some benefits from that. Um, it's it's definitely more challenging, but I think it's worth it's worth doing at least occasionally. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Pat, what about someone like me who I'm a pretty skinny guy actually. I don't know if you can tell that on this video, but uh, I mean, I'm not skinny. I'm I'm pretty muscular, so watch out, everyone. Uh, but you know, I don't want to lose weight. Like I. I want to just maintain. And so, and some people are so skinny, like I'm not like this, but some people are so skinny where it's like, dang, if you lose weight, that, that's kind of dangerous. Or, or even like what? there's a lot of people that struggle with eating disorders. Like how would fasting play into that as well? So like um, I, I, there's one benefit to fasting that I've heard about um, that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but basically let's say you did a five-day fast of just drinking water then it would be starting on day three, day four really is really when you start getting the effect of this and then day five as well. So which means you really have to fast for the full time is this thing called autophagy, where your good cells are now basically eating your bad cells. And so if you had any precancerous stuff going on, or any other immune things, this can really help because and so even if you're, skinny you don't want to lose weight this is a diet that would actually be good because it's it's just like cleansing out the system basically um and then it would actually take longer than the first 16 hours i guess to see the effect of autophagy um or like to reap the full benefits of that so any comments there about all those yeah, so, things I just yeah said? Autoph-
0: autophagy is right and so when i said that that many but not all the benefits
1: occur yeah. in 16 hours
0: i forget what the research says on autophagy specifically it is true it is it is a real process right the cellular it's the cellular cellular that's a tough word to say waste removal process right um and same thing very very good therapeutic effects for the brain my intuition and i have to look back on the research on this because i did write about this in my fasting book when i was researching this originally I would say that you def- it's probably definitely long before a five-day fast that a lot of that stuff starts kicking in, however. And they have had – I don't have the studies off the top of my mind right now, but I think they have done um, some research of showing the potential benefits of, of being fasted, especially for people who are undergoing chemotherapy and stuff like yes, that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh.
0: Um, Again, worth looking into. Uh, I just don't have the, the – it's been a while, so I don't have the studies off the top of my mind. But, yeah, that that's all true stuff. I just forget the particular boundaries of when those benefits kick in and yeah. stuff like that. Um, now, as for eating disorders, yeah, this is something – obviously, this is one of those things you have to keep in mind. If you, if you struggle with eating disorders, it's very easy to kind of re um, – reignite if that's the right word or rationalize your eating disorder by finding a new dietary protocol. So if you know you've had issues with eating disorders, just as you would want to be cautious with beginning any new dietary protocol, you'd want to be cautious with intermittent fasting as well. So that's you know that's just that's just something that's just gonna be the case for some people. Um but if that isn't an issue with you then you know um then then there's not there's you know it's not like fasting will give you an eating disorder. Now I want to be clear um, there is kind of a chicken and egg thing here, very severe. Um, uh, you know, um, a lot, if you diet in a really intense way for a long time, that can cause a certain number of conditions of stress that you could develop an eating disorder from that. Right. Uh, that, that does happen. So it's what, what I mean is, is a chicken and the egg is like, if you have eating disorders, you might feed that with fasting. So the eating disorder leads people to fast. But it also, if you diet too intensely for too long, you could develop an eating disorder. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's research on that. So just things to be aware of. The fasting that, I'm, that I would recommend for most people, it's, it's very reasonable. Uh, we would not be pushing your body into prolonged states of metabolic stress that I think that that would be a, a worry.
1: Yeah. And what about someone who is on the skinnier side and doesn't really want to lose weight, but like, how would you maybe pitch fasting to them?
0: Right. Yeah. So I would say like this: uh, make sure you eat plenty of protein and lift weights, and you'll be good. All right. So lift weights. Uh, the the muscle stimulus, resistance training, and getting an adequate protein intake. Um, yeah, you won't. You, you probably won't like gain a bunch of weight, but you'll at least uh, retain and maybe even develop some some good muscle. So you'll look good. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Yeah, the, the weight training and the protein intake are, are going to be important if you want to just because fasting is quite effective for weight loss. And that's my that's my issue. I'm good. At, I'm good at fasting. I have the habit of fasting. So it's very easy for me to stay lean because I fast so much. And the key is there is I just have to make sure I'm, I'm lifting weights doing my resistance training and eating enough protein.
1: Now, do you recommend even doing like lifting weights while fasting?
0: Uh, yeah, occasionally I would. At some point, if you're if you're if you're fasting very frequently and you're lifting weights, you'll um you'll suffer some performance hits from that. You know, your glycogen will be lower, and you just won't have as much juice in the tank. So I I typically enjoy you know maybe working out fasted once or twice a week. Um, more on the conditioning side. Uh, when it comes to my the heavier strength training, where I really feel like I, I'm I'm going to have a hard workout. I typically prefer that that's on a, on a day when I'm not fasting. So it's right. something that you can kind of have a both, a both and with. Mm-hmm.
1: Now there's, you know, a lot of different people recommend different things. Uh, you know, like there's a guy named Dr. Peter Atia. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he is doing a lot of tests on like his own body, basically. Like he'll do a seven day fast, like just water, um, basically once a month, uh, a seven day fast and like, he's like looking at the benefits of that and everything. But what kind of fasting would you say like for most people, hey, this is like, this would be such a good fast like to do. Maybe it's the twice a week thing. Maybe it's like an everyday intermittent thing or, and, and so yeah, what, what kind of fasting would you just recommend? And you can yeah, do two different st- levels for yeah. different people, I guess. Like, yeah, I, like,
0: would say, I would say two starting options. One is the 5-2 or the Catholic fast is great, right? Like yeah. if you're just totally starting out, Wednesday and Friday, skip breakfast, have the one or two smaller meals, and then just have like a normal healthy dinner. There you go. Just like don't complicate it. Keep it simple. Um, If you wanted to do kind of the eating, you hinted at this, we could call the eating window approach. That's where you just have a certain amount of time. Uh, Popular approach is like eight hours. So you have like an eight hour eating window every day. And you just, um, and you just, that's when you do your eating out. yeah and you, yeah, yeah. And try not to go overboard. Right. So just, just eat normally in there. Cause it is obviously possible that you could overcompensate and have more calories in that window than you otherwise would. In that case you're defeating the purpose. Right. Um, so yeah, just eat normally in that time period and whatever that eating window is, that's restricted. So it's just that eight hour eating window. You can move it around if you, if you want. Uh, and that's, and you could do that every day, or maybe you just do that a few days a week. So I would say between those two approaches would be a good way to just get started and feel that. And then, you know, I'm a minimum effective dose kind of guy, at least for the physical benefits, spiritual, we can, we can talk about that. It might be worth doing more there sometimes, but for the physical benefits, find something that you get into a rhythm with the five, two, the, 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 you know, the, the eating window sometimes also called the sixteen eight, cause you fast for 16 hours, eat for eight hours. Start with one of those, see how it feels, lock it in. And you might realize that that, that might be all you need. You might not need any more than that.
1: Now, at what point would you say? I mean, obviously we see Jesus fasting for 40 days, with is water. Um, you see Moses doing that. You see different saints throughout history, fasting for long periods of time. Uh, even people today, I mean, I don't know anyone off the top of my head, but I've heard of different people um that have fasted for like 40 days and so what would you recommend for someone who's okay i want to i want to go on a multi-day fast um and at what point would you try to maybe discourage them from doing more than a certain amount of days unless they they could really they could really hack it or i don't know if any if you have any thoughts or like man that would be crazy if you did any longer than this but I don't know if you have any uh, recommendations with like a longer just water fast. Yeah, and I think I can't hear you there, Pat. Did your headphones go out? Um, well, we lost Pat Flynn for a, for a second, but he, he's going to come back. He's going to come back in all of his glory. And uh, I can predict what he's going to what he's going to tell us he's going to say, uh, you know maybe fast for three days, or this is what I would say I would say fast for three days, do a three day fast, and then maybe a four day and then maybe a five day and see how that goes. Um, obviously seeking medical uh, medical help is is huge as well, and so that's going to be you know doctors' opinions and all of that, and just having that medical Supervision along with this as well is really huge, and so Pat is back. I'm back. Hey, sorry back. about
0: it. my my headphones totally ran out of battery finally. So. Oh, it's
1: okay. Can, can you hear me okay still? Yes, yes. So I was just uh, blabbing on there about my own recommendation. Basically, I was saying maybe start with a three day or four day or five day, and then I think anything beyond that, really, maybe even a seven day. But anything beyond that, I would say have like medical supervision if you're going to do anything longer. Uh, for and just doing a water fast. Obviously, you can do other things. You can like do juices or whatever for a long time. But I'm just talking about good old-fashioned water. Maybe right. you eat some salt or something too, because uh, mm-hmm. that can help. But any recommendations with like a longer fast? I think I think you hit
0: it. I mean, be reasonable. Uh, get your doctor's approval, obviously, before you begin. Um, and if you're going to do a longer fast, it helps if you have some shorter fasts under your belt as yeah. well. Right Like yeah. it's like running right, if you're going to do a marathon, like I hope you've been doing some training beforehand, my friend, right yes. It's not something that's just easy to dive into, so you know, start, start reasonably, build up, and then if you feel that you can you can go for a longer, fast, go for it, right?
1: yeah, well, hey, I think we covered a lot of ground today. I think we talked a little bit about the physiological benefits and the spiritual benefits, and I'm glad we're doing this because I'm doing a series right now on the Rosary on my podcast, so that's the prayer part never hitting the fast scene. So man, everyone out there, you, you can pray and fast now and, uh, <laughs> and go from glory to glory. And
0: it, it feels good. You know, like, like exercise, it's one of those things that like, you don't really like it at first, but then you get in the habit and then like, you know, then, then it feels, it feels weird if you don't do it. Right. So like yeah. I'm fasted right now, I'm hungry. I'm looking forward to dinner, but like, you kind of like, you kind of like, you kind of feel cool being hungry, you, you're kind of like on the hunt, you know, yeah, and like you, you start to actually develop a new relationship with hunger, whereas like hunger doesn't freak you out anymore it's not like oh I need I need to eat like it's something that you can be be comfortable with being somewhat uncomfortable, yeah, which is again it speaks to that idea of, of the value of aesthetic practices, so don't let your first impression make you think that that's what it's always going to be like right because it it won't like you'll you'll develop the habit and what's very difficult at first eventually will, will become something you can do with, with, you know, rel- relative ease. So you'll still have your challenges, but it will, you'll, you'll get stronger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in today and uh, let's pray and fast together, especially for the salvation of the world, because uh, our world is in need of more prayer and more fasting. And, uh, you know, it's also a form of penance and there's a lot of repentance that needs to happen. I think in America and throughout the world right now and uh, obviously in our own lives, right? Like we can always be repenting. I think either for our own sins or on behalf of our country or the world. So enjoy that. Enjoy fasting. Uh, even if it's tough.
0: <laughs> Amen. when knowledge takes flight.